Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Okay, so first I want to just say good morning to all of our online family, anyone tuning in from uh, the great city of Philadelphia. We are so excited as we continue our series titled The Miracle in You. And the Christmas story is jam-packed with miracles. And it's all about God doing miracles, these deep, very powerful, profound, personal miracles. Last week, we saw the Christmas story from Joseph's perspective. This week, we're going to be looking at it or taking it in from Mary's perspective. And Mary's story tells us and shows us that God's power is real. How many know his power is real? Mary's story tells us that there is a miracle available to all of us, a miracle of transformation from the inside out. Can I tell you something? The greatest miracles available to us are always from the inside out. And that's what this story is all about. And I want to highlight that this miracle in the purest sense of the word is summed up in God coming upon a person. When you define a miracle, that God does a miracle in your life, in the purest sense of the word, it literally means that God, by his mighty spirit and power, he actually comes upon you. And this miracle that we're going to be looking at in Mary's life is profoundly personal, and I want to highlight that before we go into this message, this kind of miracle had a very unique faith response. And so I'm going to discuss this later, but I want to set the table. If you want to experience the power of God, if you want to experience a personal miracle, there is a faith response That is part of the whole equation. I'm going to unpack that in a moment, but let's just go ahead and read Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26, says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee named Nazareth. He had a message for a young woman promised in marriage to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David, her name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Peace be with you. The Lord is with you and has greatly blessed you. <clears throat> uh, hold on, I, I lost my word here. Mary was deeply troubled by the angel's message and she wondered what his words meant. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid of what God is about to do. Can I say this uh, 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 in the beginning here? There are things that we should avoid. 
There are things that, in a sense, it's good to fear. There are things that are dangerous. But can I tell you something? It is never dangerous when the Spirit of God wants to come upon your life. Don't be afraid of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. How many would say amen? God wants to do something great. Don't resist. Don't be afraid. Mary, God is about to do something miraculous and powerful. Don't be afraid, Mary. God has been gracious to you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. The same name that he told Joseph, now he's telling Mary. Why? Because Jesus means that he will save us from our sins. Is anyone happy here that we have a savior and his name is Jesus? He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord will make him a king as his ancestor David was, and he will be the king of the descendants of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Do you realize today, brothers and sisters, then that when Jesus came to the earth, the government of God was coming to the earth. The king of glory, the one who is greater than all of the governments. There is no end to the government of God. How many know he rules and reigns? You and I watch on TV and we see what governments are doing. But the king of kings and the Lord of lords has come and he is greater than all of the governments of our time. We can trust him. We don't have to worry. Our king is the true king. When you watch the news, when you see what's happening, fear not because we really do have a king and he's greater than the kingdoms of this world. When Jesus came, he came to be king. And the government that he established, the Bible says, will never end. And that's why the next time you're tempted to fret about this crazy world, Fret not, because Jesus is on his throne. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. That'll take an edge off your politics. Amen. Hallelujah. Mary said to the angel, I am a virgin. How then can this be? And then these two next verses really encompass the essence of life for the New Testament believer. The moment you become a Christian, these next two verses are essential to the way God wants us to live our lives. The story of God was written in a particular way for you and I This is the way it could and should be, even today. So she says, how can this be? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and God's power will rest upon you. How does it happen? The Holy Spirit will, three words, let's say it together, come on you, and God's power will, come on, three more words, 
rest upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and God's power will rest upon you. How do you live this life? You don't live it in your own strength. You don't live it based on your own abilities. How does it happen? The Holy Spirit comes upon us and God's power rests upon us. How many want the power of God to rest upon your life? It's real, it's possible, it's available to the children of God. Could we put this down just a hair? It's available to all of us. It was written this way. Remember, this is the coming of the Lord. The Old Testament was God unfolding his master plan of grace. He starts with the law. He starts to show what life is like when God is on the outside. But in the New Testament, he starts to unfold for us what life could be like when Jesus is on the inside. This is great and glorious and wonderful and powerful. And it says, for this reason, the holy child will be called the Son of God. Remember your relative, Elizabeth. It is said that she cannot have children, but she herself is now six months pregnant, even though she is very old. For there is nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. There is nothing that God cannot do. And then listen to this, because remember, here is the faith response. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. This great miracle that takes place in her life and the great miracles that God wants to do, if you're watching online in this room, never forget there's a faith response. So be it, Lord. May it be done to me. I want you to think about what your life would be like, what your life could be like, if the Spirit of God comes upon you and the power of the Most High rests upon you. Part of the reason why we go over this story year after year after year is because God wants to remind you, this is not about you and your own strength. This is about God and his amazing, exceedingly abundant, uh, all-sufficient grace and wisdom and power. That's real Christianity. It's not you coming here to take in a lecture. It's not you coming here and getting more information that like, wow, that really helps you. No, I'm talking about a deeper kind of help. I'm talking about something deep and rich and powerful. How deep as, a, as deep as a woman being made pregnant? That deep, okay? It's a, it's a, a physical human picture so that we could understand the depth of the spiritual power of God. Now before we pray, and I wanna pray in a moment, before I give you the title, I need to say something. So here we have a virgin pregnant without a man. And lots of people, this is a stumbling block to them. Some people, this is, they get skeptical when it comes to this. 
But here's what I would like to point out to you. If God could create the world by his power, I'll read the verses to you in a moment. If God could create the world by his power, and remember, the world, when it was created, there was nothing. And God spoke something where there was nothing. You understand? Even all scientific assumptions begin with something. You see? But when you ask the scientists, what about the nothing before the something, they start making stuff up. But I declare to you that there had to be a great, all-powerful, intelligent being who could speak into existence the uniqueness, all of the structures and the forms. Look at your own body. How complicated is your body? We're working on batteries to drive electric cars. How many know when your heart starts beating, it doesn't stop beating until it's time to go home because you were created by an all-wise, all-powerful, loving God. Come on, let's praise God for Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyone that will take the time to look at the life of Jesus, his life backs up his virgin birth. You see, if you take a serious look at the life of God, who would qualify to claim to be God other than Jesus? There's not one person. Okay, there's not one person. So let me, let me walk you through this, okay? If God could create the world by the Holy Spirit, then he could pr- impregnate a virgin by the Spirit. If God could impregnate a virgin by the Spirit, then God could live inside of a human being. If God could live inside of a human being, then salvation is possible. Salvation is possible because when Jesus comes inside of you, when you're born again and you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when God looks at you, you're covered by the very person of Christ. You're covered by his blood. You're covered by his love. You understand, how do we stand before God without Jesus? Who could do it? Who could really claim to be holy enough and godly enough and perfect enough? How many know? No one for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I challenge you, anybody who's really thinking about the deep things of life, if you're thinking about the future, if you're thinking about what really counts to the people that you love, if you're thinking about the deep stuff, not about the light, shallow stuff, but when you stop and think about the deep stuff, I present to you Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, who was born of a virgin, who lived a perfect sinless life, and then offered himself on the cross. What you and I need to understand is that when Jesus was walking on the earth, the things that he did, it wasn't just the disciples writing about this, it was also unbelievers, people who didn't follow God. They were testifying to the miracles and to the works and to the great things that the Son of the Most High God did. It was so powerful that up until a few years ago, it was just a few years ago, all of history revolved around the birth And then the life and death and the resurrection of Jesus. 
And so look, take a serious look at the virgin birth. Take a serious look at the life of Christ and you will find that Jesus is one and only. How many thank God for our Savior right now? So very quickly, listen to this. Daniel Webster, the creator of Webster's Dictionary, who was a real devout Christian. I have an original dictionary, like a copy, not an a copy of an original dictionary. You would be shocked how many Bible verses were in that dictionary compared to now. We've come a long way in the wrong way. But listen, the topic of Christianity came up and Webster testified to his Christian faith and one, uh, and one of the people there said to Mr. Webster, how can you comp- comprehend how Christ would be both God and man? And Webster replied, I cannot comprehend it. If I could comprehend him, he would be no greater than myself. I feel that I need a superhuman savior. If you could get your head around the virgin birth and the glory of God, then you would be God yourself. How could, an in, how could a, a being who's limited understand the one who's unlimited? That's what we're watching here. But notice, God is reaching out to us in love. John 1.14 puts it this way. The word became a human being and full of grace and truth lived among us. We saw his glory, the glory which he received as the Father's only Son. So glory in the highest to the baby that was born of a virgin, to Jesus Christ. The title of the message today is The Miracle of Power because it was by the power of God that Jesus came into this world. And I'm telling you right now, that miracle of power is available to you and I. And I want to tell you something today. The transfer of power is the miracle itself. The transfer of power. God sits on high and on any given moment, he releases his power. I remember a doctor that I knew really, really well. And he sat there. I was just a baby Christian. And he sat there and he said to me, nobody can get off. Uh, Back in the day, I forget if it was crack, what was new. I forget what the new, you know, there's always a new drug. The devil always invents some new form of bondage, new way to chain people up into slavery. And I remember him saying to me, oh, there's no way to to get free of that. Let me tell you something. You know why we have a church full of people who've gotten free from heroin or crack or anger, guys who used to be wife beaters or women who battle with fear, how people get set free from depression and trauma. It's because there is a transfer of power that heals and frees and releases. That's the God that we serve. Hallelujah. That's the God that we serve. It's like, oh yeah, you ought to come to our church. You know, average folks touched by the power of God. So here's what I want to do. I just want us to stop for a moment and, and lift our hands and our hearts. Come on, lift your hands. Let's, let's, let's open ourselves up to the power of God. 
If you've got trouble in your marriage, if you've got trouble with your career, if you've got trouble in your mind and in your emotions, or even trouble in your body, all things are possible with Jesus. There's nothing impossible for God. Uh, uh, an 85-year-old woman can get pregnant by the power of God. A virgin can get pregnant. If God can do that, God can do whatever we need. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that for the next few moments, Lord, that you would breathe upon this service. God, I pray for grace. Give me grace to communicate your word and your will and your way, Lord God. Let your heart come through this message, I pray, Lord. And God, give us ears to hear. Give us the faith response. Make us like Mary, who said, may it be done as you say. Bless this word. Bless our homes, bless our families, bless our minds, bless our hearts, bless our bodies, bless our children and our grandchildren. God, we pray for a transfer of power through a miracle of power. In the mighty name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Now here's what I wanna do. What I wanna do is I wanna talk about, give you some biblical background before we dive into the application of this particular text. I wanna give us some biblical background so that you could understand that this was all part of the plan of God. So let's walk through this very quickly. Okay, so it was the Spirit of God that launched and maintains, even today, creation. Genesis 1-2 says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So when everything was chaotic, when everything was formless and void, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water, waiting for God to speak and say, let there be light waiting for God to speak order. And when God spoke his word, the Holy Spirit was the agent of power. Psalm 104, even now, even today, this is how we keep on eating. This is why plants keep growing. This is the way this thing goes. It says, when you send forth your spirit, they are created. Yes, there are women right now that have a child in their womb. And yes, it was by their union with the man. Absolutely. But God is the author of life. God is the one who actually forms life, and he forms life with a plan and with a purpose. It says, when you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. If you're here today, and you're worn out, and you're tired out, and you're burned out, you need the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is the only one who can restore and renew us. It's like that from the very beginning. Now let me just jump into how the same spirit that was, that was creating and that maintains creation now is the same spirit that works in our lives. Let me tell you some very important things that the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is a helper. In John 14, 26, the word helper and comforter are interchangeable. It's two sides of one coin. So I want to walk 
walked through this. The Holy Spirit is a helper, and here's what this means, okay? Life has a way of overwhelming us. Life has a way of taking away uh, uh, our, our resources. We run out of resources. We run out of capacity. We run out of ability. Sometimes we face things that we just can't do, and listen, if you're facing something that you just can't do, I've got great news for you. You have a helper available. He is the Holy Spirit, and he came to help us. He came to walk with us. Hallelujah. We have a helper available. God wants to help you. That's who he is. That's why Jesus came. Who do you turn to when you need help? Turn to the Holy Spirit. He is a comforter. Life has a way of injuring your soul. Life has a way that things happen on this side of glory that break your heart and bring deep and profound uh, disappointment. What do you do when the person who should be helping you or supports you injures and hurts you? What do you do when the people who are closest to you let you down in deep and profound ways? Jesus knew that we would fail one another, but guess what? He would step in our place, not just at the cross, but all the time. And when someone lets you down and there's no one to comfort you, hallelujah, we have a comforter. He is the friend that sits closer than a brother. Let the Lord comfort you in this season. Let the Lord remind you that you're not alone. Let the Lord be your friend this season. It will change you. Look past the people and look up to him. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 3. When John was was speaking of the coming of the Lord, he prophesied to the people, one is coming and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. How many know our God is a baptizer? And then in the book of Acts, when the church was born, they were waiting. He taught them for three years, but Jesus said, even my teaching is not enough. You can't do this with stuff in your head. You need power. Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. And then that day, on that day, in a prayer meeting, don't miss the prayer meeting. You might miss when the Spirit falls. That day, in that upper room, the Spirit of God fell, and they were baptized by the Holy Ghost and fire, and they were given divine enablement. They were changed. They started to do things that they could never do in their own strength. By the power of God, God can change you. God can baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. How many know he is a baptizer? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he still baptizes people with power. Get ready to be baptized by the power of the Most High God. This is such a big deal. This is the way it was always meant to be. If you feel low energy, low strength, low ability, there is power, which translates into divine enablement. And then lastly, he's a filler. 
Now, the Bible in Ephesians chapter 5 describes the Holy Spirit as a filler. In other words, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the context of that is it's not just a one-time thing. The context of it is that it's over and over and over. He's the one who keeps providing the enabling energy that we need to live. And all of us have found this. Have you ever had seasons where you were like reading your Bible, praising God, close to God, going to church, serving, and you feel strong in God? And then other seasons, you stop reading your Bible. You stop reading. As soon as you stop reading your Bible, you worship less. There's this, there's this move away from God. Why? What, what is that? You know what it means? It shows us that the grace of God can leak. And we're supposed to go to him, not just for daily bread, but we're supposed to go to him for daily fillings. Christianity is us continually depending upon God. Fill me again and again and again. And when you look in chapter 5, and by the way, some people come from the teaching that says, oh, once you, once you uh, are saved, you're full of everything you got. Every, and look, you're born again. Christ's in you, the hope of glory. But these are his words too. And what he's saying is, I want you to keep depending upon me. And look, don't tell me like uh, my father-in-law nailed this. Okay, so I'm ripping off my father-in-law's lines right now. But I remember him speaking to a pastor's conference, and he was saying, wait a second, you mean to tell me that when, the, the, when Jesus is speaking to the churches of, in the book of Revelation, some churches he commends, some churches he rebukes. The church of Laodicea, he said, guess what? You guys are so lukewarm. If you don't repent, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Okay, by the way, he's speaking to the leader of the church, and he's telling him about his church. In another one, he says, you guys have the reputation of being rich, but you're really poor. Okay, you look like you're alive, but you're really dead. Okay, so why would that be if they were full of the Holy Spirit? You can be a follower, but the grace of God has leaked out, and what you actually need is a fresh filling of the renewing, transforming power of God. How many want to agree with me right now and say amen? Look, back in the day, this, is, this has been like a over and over and over again. Back when, when, when we first started inventing cars, a minister tried to put this, describe this in these terms. He said, the Holy Spirit is like electricity. Henry Ford, the maker of the Ford car, right? He was the maker. He used thousands of workers working at machines powered by electricity to actually do the work of making them. In the same manner, God the Father is creator, okay? He created more than, he created Henry Ford who created the Ford, God the Father is creator, but he created all things by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word. It is written. He spake and it was done. God tells Christ what to do. Jesus then speaks as the workman. 
But it says, and then the Holy Spirit is the power that responds and does what Jesus commands. The Holy Spirit is like the electricity that is so fast that we can't see. This was another way. Listen, the beauty, the mystery of the Trinity, the three in one, it only proves the depth of the mystery, only proves how true and real Jesus really is. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you something? When Jesus rose from the dead, he rose. He said, it's good for me to rise because when I rise, then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. How many are thankful that he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us at all times? So I'm marching through this. Stick with me. We're going to apply this very quickly here. I got a couple of more things before we just apply this. But look, there are some very unique things that you and I need to understand about God's power. Okay, let me walk through this. First of all, God controls and dispenses his power as he wills. In other words, uh, we don't tell him. He tells us. His power, unlimited, God never is short of power even after he gives you plenty of power, but it's, he's totally in control. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. It works on his terms, not on your terms. That's why we have to do what Mary said and we're gonna get there in a moment. Secondly, God chooses how and where to release his power in our lives. Okay, he's the one, and that's why you could say, but I prayed once to be baptized in power. I prayed once to be full of the Holy Spirit, and it didn't happen, and so I quit. Well, the Bible says, Jesus said that we should pray and keep on praying. What you don't realize at times is that while you're seeking God, God is working you in you in a way that you don't understand. There are things that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life that you don't fully get. But if you pray, he hears and he answers, but God answers on his own terms. Now watch this. God focuses his power on cleanliness and character before usefulness. What that means is that a lot of times we want the power of God to do something for us or through us, and yet what God is first focused on, focused on is us. And so you know what? God wants to cleanse us. That's why we need the blood of Jesus. God wants to change our appetites and our desires from the things that we want to the things that he wants. You understand? Cleanliness goes first to God. So this is kind of a very important background. Now, I want to give you a couple of quick things on how the miracle of power actually takes place. First of all, God's power is from up to down. Everybody say, up to down. Just like Mary, when she asked, how can this be? 
He said, the Spirit of God will come from up upon you. It will be from up to down. I want to encourage you today. We need to lift our eyes and lift our faith and say, God, we're looking up because we want you to come down. When you look up, God is ready to fill you up, but you've got to lift your faith. And listen, I, man, I, as a pastor, like one of my biggest desires as a pastor is it's not that we would have a big church. Imagine when I stand before God, do you think he's going to say, wow, look at all those people. Look at that nice building with the lights and the nice microphones, right? You think that's what this this whole thing is going to be about? You know, it's not about that. It's about, did you get close to God and walk with God and experience the power of God? So one of my deepest desires, brothers and sisters, because I love you, is that you would get off the sidelines and that you would step in and experience the power of God, that somehow you would start getting hungry for the things of God and the will of God. How many know if you get hungry for the things of God and you look up, he will come down in power and your life will be different and it will be better. It will be supernatural. It will make an eternal impact. But you gotta get off the sidelines. Stop watching from the outside and say, Lord, I don't want to be on the outside anymore. I want to get on the inside, Lord. I want to see you move in power. Listen, when I was in Bible school, uh, a church historian came. This is over 30 years ago. And his name was Vincent Sinan. And he talked about a great outpouring of power that took place um, in, it actually, the literal, it happened uh, in, I believe it was 1906, okay? And I'm gonna read a quote to you, but here's what happened. So there was a, there was an African-American guy, sickly had problems with his eyes, and he was so desperate for God, and he was so desperate for God, listen to this, he was so desperate for God that because he was black, he wasn't allowed in the classroom to hear about the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the church of Jesus Christ was so off base that they didn't take in an African-American who was just as hungry as they were. So guess what he did? He didn't allow his heart to get bitter or angry. He said, I'm going past these people. Okay, I want to tap into Jesus. So he says, I can't be in the classroom. That's okay. Can I sit, open the door? Can I sit outside? When I think about this, it's mind boggling to me. Okay, so he sits outside the classroom and he hears the teaching that there is what we call a second work of grace. There is an outpouring of the spirit of the living God. And he takes that teaching because his heart was so full of faith. And he goes into a neighborhood in Los Angeles. It was on Azusa Street. It would come to become the famous, the last and greatest revival that we've really seen in our nation as far as I know 
am concerned. And so he goes and he starts to share what he's learning from the outside of the classroom. He starts to share what he's learning and they're all on, a, on, a, on, the, on the porch and the power of God fell just like it did in the book of Acts. And when the power of God fell, they, there was such a move of God, they, the, 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 uh, the porch literally fell in. So they moved it someplace and a meeting started that people came from all over the world, from Israel, from Africa. They came from everywhere to see this meeting that went for three years without stopping. And let me tell you something, from Azusa Street up until this day over, let me read the quote now to you. He says, look, the growth of the of spirit empowered christianity has been nothing short of phenomenal from a handful of believers in the early 20th century to a global movement today numbering over this says 600 million but i happen to know for a fact that it's over 700 million now the overseer of our one of the overseers of our church pastor dominic yo he was just recently a couple months ago voted as the head of the, they call it the Worldwide Pentecostal Spirit-Empowered Fellowship. It's over 700 million Christians. You know where that great move of God came? It came from a, a porch. What can God do when you're on your backyard? What can he do when you're on the porch? He can do something so powerful. He can pour out his spirit and change the generations. He can change your community. How many know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many want to see a brand new revival in this nation and in this city? It can start with you. It can start with you. I got to say this quickly. Well, listen, when I was a brand new Christian, and I've told you about the West Side Ministry, I got baby Christian. I started going with this guy and we, were, we would take food and the gospel to transvestites, call them drag queens. They would, they would um, prostitute themselves at night, um, buy crack with the money from the prostitution. Okay, and I'm telling you right now, I, 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 it's like the nicest, most expensive cars would come and pick up these men. Okay, so they would prostitute themselves, get the money, then they would, then they would do crack. So work at night, uh, 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 do crack during the day. And so we started going out there to minister to them. And I, I, just, I haven't even, I don't think I've ever told the church this story. It just popped into my mind as I was praying this week. So I met a young man. He was 19 years old. His name was Edwin. He wasn't trans. He dressed like a guy, but he was a, like a male prostitute and he, he was hooked on drugs. But anyway, here's his story. When he was 10 years old, he woke up next to his deceased mother who had over, overdosed on drugs. So he went from, and he had no idea where his father was. So, uh, you know, in short order, he started to live on the streets. And um, a lot of times these kids, they go into these homes and the homes are so bad, the kids say it's safer to live on the streets. So he went to live on the street. And when we met him, he was 19 years old. 
And uh, I mean, he was like, I was like, wow, like I can't believe that he's actually survived these streets. Anyway, he gave his heart to Jesus. He got saved, and at a certain point, he actually got baptized in water. When you give your life to Christ, get baptized in water. That's what the Bible says. Repent and be baptized. I want to encourage you, if you're not baptized, you need to get baptized. There's a blessing that comes with it. But anyway, I imagine I'm a baby Christian, and I, he, somebody, one of the pastors, and I now baptize in the name of Father, Son, and in Jesus' name. Boom. And when he came up out of the water, I'll never forget it. He comes up out of the water. When he comes up out of the water, the power of God hit him. And he started to like speak in tongues. And it just, just like in the book of Acts, like I saw it, just like in the book of Acts, it was, um, it arrested the whole room. It was so powerful. He went from homeless. The last I lost uh, touch with him, he went from being homeless to then he was like going to school in college. He found a family. How many know our God by his mighty power can make a way where there's no way. There is no statistic when it comes to Jesus. You open up yourself to his power, all things are possible. So remember, it's simply from up to down. Then here's part two, and we'll close momentarily. God's power is from open to pouring. Everybody say from open to pouring. What do I mean by this? It means by our being open. Mary's faith response was that she opened herself up and then he poured out his spirit. This is the way it was meant to be from the very beginning. When the church of Jesus Christ was born, Jesus said, even though I've taught you for three years, don't go wait until I send my spirit of power. The day that it happened, people were like, what in the world is going on? There's something supernatural happening. Is this crazy? Are these people crazy? No, they're not crazy. Here's what the apostle Peter said. Acts chapter 2, he said, and afterwards, I will, come on, four words, everyone, pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. He was saying, this is that. When God prophesied hundreds of years that this was going to happen here, it's happening now. God is pouring out his spirit. And can I tell you something, uh, 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 brothers and sisters? No one is too old, and no one is too young to experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If you open yourself up and gets hungry, God will pour out his spirit, but you got to get off the sidelines. You got to get your hands out of your pocket and you got to stop standing and say, God, I'm ready. I'm hungry for you, Lord. Do something in me. God wants to move in power and he moves in power for those who open themselves up. Now I want to close with this quick illustration. Okay? It's from open to poor, right? So you know not everyone is open, right? How many know it's not like this? Let's, don't let this be you today. 
If you're watching online, I'm telling you, if you open, no matter how empty you are, God says, I will pour. Simple as that. Come on, somebody say amen. Watch this. This is the struggle sometimes. The angel says, Mary, don't be afraid. I want to stay in control. I'm afraid of the life that you have for me. I love my life. It's messed up, jacked up, lacking power, fighting, fighting, struggle, gossip, strife, lack of peace, empty, dry as a desert, but it's mine. You know, some of us are like, I'm not sure. But he said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit. If you open yourselves up, right? Look, this is what will happen. Overflow, overflow, overflow. These literally are the words. This is the literal. By the way, I just want you to know, we strategically put towels down. It's smart, right? So there's only a mini mess up here. Listen. The Bible says, Jesus is the same yesterday, everyone, today, and forever. Mary said, "May it, how do you define open? Mary says, may it be as you said. May it be whatever your personal word is saying to me and whatever you want to do in me. Okay, so be it, God. Have your way. Three words, let's say that together, ready? Have your way. That faith response is what triggered the miracle of power back then, and it's what triggers the miracle of power today. If your marriage is in trouble, get off the sidelines. If your mind is troubled, get off the sidelines. Okay, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. If your career is in trouble, why don't you let God lead you? If you're lacking friendships, if your emotions are all jacked up, what would your life be like if God filled you to overflowing? Why go out there and follow the world and do what the world says? The world doesn't care about you like Jesus. Okay, they have all these opinions and all of these sayings and all of this stuff, but when push comes to shove, they will leave you. The world is full of flat levers, but Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Let me be me in you. 
whether you come off the streets, whether you come out of a palace, everybody needs to be filled by the Spirit of God.